It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. And I'd love to know how the show helps you. Just let me know via social media, Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag ecommasterplan. So that's E-C-O-M for the e-com bit and then masterplan, all one word. So E-C-O-M-M-A-S-T-E-R. P-L-A-N. Nearly forgot how to spell it then. Worrying, isn't it? Um, Anyway, we've recently had a flurry of reviews on Apple Podcasts. So over the next couple of episodes, I'm going to start off by thanking some of those reviewers because I really appreciate it when you put us a review on Apple. And there are a global bunch of reviewers, which I guess is not surprising since this show's listened to in over 60 countries every week. All time, it's about 140 different countries. But each and every week, you guys are listening in from over 60 different places, which boggles my brain. Where are we going to start with these reviews? Well, the first reviewer we're going to thank is Bruce in Canada. And I've picked him because our guest today is Canadian. So that's quite a nice Canadian link there. So huge thank you to Bruce for this lovely five-star review. Here we go. There's so much to learn on this show about how to build your customer base and improve customer retention. There's a terrific roster of guests who share terrific tips about the many ways to acquire customers for your online business or how to use online methods to grow customers for your bricks and mortar biz. Tons of wisdom shared here. Thank you, Bruce. In today's episode, we're getting into email marketing, subject lines, artificial intelligence, all those kind of algorithm stuff. We talk about scale. Uh, We talk about lots of different things. There's some really cool top tips as well. Do stick around and listen to all of that. But before we get to that, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. 
That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Parry Malm is the CEO at Frazy, an author of The Language Effect, Why AI-Powered Copywriting is a Marketer's New Best Friend. I've been a consumer of Parry's email marketing subject line and copywriting wisdom for many years. I think it might be a decade now. Um, so it's a complete pleasure for me to be able to get him here on the show so as he can share some of that wisdom with all of you. Hello, Parry. Hey, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm I'm excited to talk copywriting on the show because I think it's neglected. But before we get into that, can you tell us all a little bit about how you got into this crazy world of e-commerce? Yeah, like I mean, I'm I'm a career marketer. You know, I worked brand side and I worked vendor side for a long time. And like my my studies back in the day, I studied computer science and linguistics and marketing. And like all through my career, I'd be like you know, trying to figure out what the right message was for my audience at any given time, regardless of what industry I was in. Um, and and I, I was constantly sort of trying out to build models to like predict what kind of language would work well in a given campaign. Um, and then, you know, go back about six years, I was working for an email marketing software company. And I was looking around the market and there's like a million and one different technologies out there to help you like send out emails to be a CMS for your website to automate this, that and the other. Um, And all of them were like focusing on the operational efficiencies of marketing, but not a single one of the companies out there were focused on the message and optimizing the message. And this was left to be the sort of the sort of black art of your fancy suit wearing Don Draper types. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. What if we apply like the same level of scientific rigor to the language we use in our marketing campaigns that we do to every other aspect of the marketing mix? And from that, that's when, when the light bulb moment happened, fast forward five years, and now I'm the, I'm the leader of a, a pretty awesome company that's got a great group of people in the team that provides like an unbeatable technology to the wider to the wider world but i'm not going to shameless plug you just yet no not just yet we'll say that a little bit later um but it is kind of crazy isn't it how much time and effort we spend talking about ways of getting messages in front of people and ways of choosing who we're going to get a message in front of but actually how little time still today we spend talking about what that message should actually be You bet. Like, I mean, if you think about it like this, you know, we spend hours and hours and hours to like construct a website or to make a sort of email automation series and whatnot. And we'll, you know, we'll create the templates, we'll code them up, we'll drop in the imagery, we'll do all this crazy stuff. Um, And we'll be able to, you know, send out a million messages to a million people with the click of a single button. But if your message sucks, then it's all a big fat waste of time. And the challenge is, is we've been so focused on operational efficiencies of marketing, we forgot the crux of what marketing is. And that is getting your message in front of as many eyes as possible. Um, So there's, you know, in some ways, it's a real bummer because, um, 
the fun part of marketing has been sucked out of it in the last 10 years as we've been focused on all this operational stuff. Now, the majority of marketers' times is spent um, in different apps and like, like, like in, you know, in their ESP, in their CMS, in their, I don't know, like CWP. I just made up that, that acronym. Um, right. And that's not really fun. And there's a huge opportunity cost to this because marketers by and large are pretty creative, cool people um, who are being given the most mundane, boring jobs. Um, so the, the opportunity cost of that is you've got your business's most creative people focused on the most boring jobs you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that that something in this equilibrium is amiss yeah it, it's it's kind of crazy isn't it we we look at the numbers we look at the stats but we never really spend time on getting things right you know and you, one of your specialisms is subject lines and i think you know when i've even now when i put together subject lines for my own newsletter it's it's like something which I spend so little time on considering how much impact it actually has. And and despite the fact I know it's so important, it's like we spend all this time working and retailers in particular on what products are going in the email, how the graphics are going to look in the email. And then, you know, the subject line is just a throwaway quick thing to do, which is, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a weird habit everyone's got into really, I think. I find that companies sort of fall into one of two camps. One is where the writing of the the subject line is delegated to the most junior team member because it's viewed as just a throwaway thing. And that's crazy for the reasons you just mentioned. The other camp are people who uh, create subject line by committee. Um, And this is actually even more dangerous. And let me explain why. So the old, old way of working, what you would do is if you got, you know, and, and, a marketing campaign going out let's say you're doing like shoes at half off kind of thing right mm-hmm. you would send that brief to a copywriter the copywriter would then write some stuff they would send it back to you you would then put in your two cents you show it to your coworker. they would put in their two cents you then show it to your boss they would put in their two cents um, and you'd even show it to the ceo to the janitor because everybody has an opinion about language now the 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 end version that you wind up going with is the version that was selected by either um, the most senior person in your uh, company's hierarchy or by the person with the most persuasive argument. So it's basically the, the, the person who convinces you that their gut feeling is the best gut feeling. There's a real problem with this because gut feeling uh, is layered with huge levels of cognitive bias. Um, and what we're doing is we're applying our own experiences in life, our own beliefs, our own axioms and mores to subject lines. Now, the problem is at scale, you should never trust a human when it comes to predicting which copy is good and which copy is bad. Um, and the reason is we have all of these biases that hold us back and make us make um, choices based upon gut feeling instead of actual numbers and science. Yeah, but it's it's something which which so many of us rely on. I think especially when we're trying to go, you must tell your story, you must get your brand right. Is there not a space in that for gut feeling? Or is it still, should should we still be numbers based? So when people talk about brand voice, it's very important. And I'm a big believer in brand voice. But often when you look at, you know, brand voice and tone of voice guidelines and whatnot, they're very ambiguous, right? What you need to do is you need to be able to codify your brand voice into a tangible set of, of gates and rules. So um, 
So by virtue of doing that, once you have your, your brand guidelines set, you basically have set, you know, in the entire universe of language, if you think about every possible way that you can say shoes at half off, there's literally billions of ways of saying you're selling shoes at, at half off. You then take that universe down based upon brand voice constraints. Let's say you're down to like a million different ways of saying the same thing, like, like, like 1% of, of the total possibilities out there, right? Mm -hmm. There's still a million ways of saying the same thing, which all adhere to your brand voice, your business model, compliance guidelines, and so forth. What are the odds, first of all, of a human thinking of a million ways of doing it? You just can't, it's not feasible. But secondly, even if a human could think of a million ways of saying the same thing, what's the odds of picking the best one? is basically one in a million. Now, the beauty about using advanced technology is advanced technology can explore this entire space, this, this, this million different possible um, ways of saying the same thing space. Um, and then it can find, based upon predictive models, which ones are the best ones because it can deal with this amount of data unlike a human brain. So we're definitely getting into into the world of your book now and the subject of that, which of course is subtitled Why AI-Powered Copywriting is a Marketer's New Best Friend. So, Perry, why did you decide now was the right time to write the book? One thing, you know, we've been running in Frazy. We launched Frazy in 2015, so it's been a good few years. And it's, you know, a multi-million pound business. We have operations um, in the US, the UK, Canada. You know, it's it's actually a pretty good business. We we work with a whole bunch of name name brand customers like, you know, um, eBay, Domino's, Groupon, companies like that. But um, what I really wanted to do with the book was to sort of not talk about the actual technology because there's, you know, a million different technology companies out there, but to actually look at the philosophical and economic underpinnings as to why every marketer in the world needs to be looking at AI-powered copywriting. Um, and, and the reasons are quite simple. Um, there's a fundamental uh, scarce supply of copywriters out there. Like, you know, we, we need 10 times as much copy to treat advertising campaigns now than we did 15 years ago with Google AdWords, Facebook ads, emails, SMSs, whatever the hell TikTok is, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but but the, the supply of copywriters has remained finite. So what people are doing now is they're having this scarce copywriter resource, spending their time writing things like email subject lines and Facebook ads, instead of worrying about their overarching message strategy. So what you need to do is to embrace technology which democratizes access to effective copywriting for the more sort of mundane copywriting jobs to free up your scarce, uh, incredibly impactful creative copywriting resource to worry about your overarching message strategy. And that's why now is the right time. So is it a bit like um, you were saying about brand guidelines and tone of voice are great, but they're kind of like a filter to reduce the options before you give it to the AI, if I understood you correctly. And then what your copywriting team should now be doing is creating more filters to get the AI to perform better. Is that right? Well, yeah. So, so basically, I mean, at, at the outset, you need humans to, to codify what the ground rules are within 
um, generating language, right? So, so, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, we don't use the word awesome, but we do use the word fantastic. Or there's, you know, some more stuff about um, semantics and syntax and morphology and things like that, which is quite important. But once those are set, those are set. The thing is, like messaging in general is much more than just a subject line. It's, it's, it's an entire sort of a linguistic framework which your your whole company adheres to and it's not just in using phrasey but everybody in the whole company um and by setting guidelines for the whole company then um what copywriters should be doing is focusing on the sort of overarching company-wide messaging strategy instead of worrying about a subject line that they have to write 10 of every day which just seems like a real sort of wasted opportunity for this really intelligent creative resource I suppose it's a bit like um, if we talk kind of Google ads, we don't expect the people running and improving our Google ads to have to actually do the minute by minute bids. We allow the Google algorithm to deal with that for us, you know, the whole bid auction that happens. They deal with that. We deal with the strategy, the bid changes, the what we're actually going to bid on and all the rest of it. It's kind of like bringing the same thing to our to our email subject lines, to our other copywriting needs is to go... Let's get the humans doing the the high level part, and then we'll let the tech take care of the rest. Yeah, that's that's a really good um, analogy there, and, and and it's not one that I've heard previously. But you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, you know, I've met hundreds, if not thousands, of copywriters in the last five years, and I've never met a single one who goes, you know, the favorite part of my job is writing subject lines or is writing Facebook ads or Google ads. Like, that's the sort of lowest of the low stuff that they hate doing in the first place right um and what they like doing is this more strategic stuff this like this like you know higher order sort of copy strategy based stuff which is what they should be doing right so 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 like i mean i totally think that the metaphor you just used is a great one a second one that i've heard um when when people speak about phrasey is like 20 years ago um, when Photoshop first came out, designers throughout the world were decrying it. And you had a bunch of these sort of neo-Luddites who were, you know, using the proverbial hammers to, you know, bash Photoshop down, going, it's going to put us all out of work and this, that, and the other. And yet, fast forward 20 years, and two things have happened. Number one, um, those who fought it are probably no longer gainfully employed doing their uh, life's trade. But number two, it democratized access to creative tools. And now there's more jobs for designers than ever before in the history of human civilization. What Frazee is doing is taking people on a similar journey where what we're doing is we're democratizing access to constrained creativity for those sort of wrote repeatable copywriting tasks where um, human effort is effectively wasted. Uh, and, 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 and what we're doing is the same thing to copywriting that Photoshop did to design 20 years ago. Oh, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. It makes total sense. So, Perry, if someone wants to start taking their, their, the power of their copywriting to next level, to make it AI powered, is Phrasey the only option they've got at the moment? Or Because I, I know, you know, for the smaller retailer, it's not a, a sustainable proposition to use phrasey so are there other options out there for the smaller guys so i'll be perfectly honest one of the main um constraints that small companies have when when using ai in most forms is access to um to to large pools of first-party data from which 
they can build models. Um, and, and that's what the real sort of constraint is here, where if, if a retailer is relatively small, um, then you, you can't really build a model off of their in-house data. It becomes very difficult. And to be honest, it becomes cost prohibitive. And I'm not just saying this is limited to Phrasey, but with sort of modeling in general. There are some really sort of straightforward things you, you can do if you want to bring AI into your marketing stack. You know, there's there's things like um, high velocity RFM modeling and stuff like that, which you can buy off the shelf. Um, but as far as these sort of large scale enterprise applications like Phrasey, um, the state of the art currently relies upon large pools of first party data to then train those those models on. Now, it's not to say that in the future there couldn't be iterations that can be applied to small business. One of the challenges, though, and this is um, a partially a technical challenge and partially a brand challenge, is to um, use a phrasey, a, a solution like phrasey for small small companies, we would need to have pooled data. So we would have what's called a generalized model. The problem with a generalized model is that it wouldn't take into account um, these brand voice constraints that we were speaking about previously. So then you just have this world where you have basically a shared database of language that everybody draws down on. Everybody sounds the exact same. Now, you play this tape out. In the short term, everybody would get an immediate response spike and they'd all go like, this is great. But then consumers would, would become anesthetized to this sort of like like um, um, homogenous messaging from brand to brand to brand. And, and any equity you had built up in your brand would just be be wasted. In fact, in my book in Chapter 9, A Tale of Two Strategies, I, 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 I delve into this um, dichotomy in a fair amount – of detail. So it's not to say that in the future, um, this couldn't be democratized further to, to, to small and medium sized enterprises, but the state of the art right now relies upon large data sets. Yeah, it's a bit like if you're putting AI in place to personalize product recommendations on your site, you've got to have a certain, we all know we have to have a certain amount of data for that to work. And the more data you've got, the better it works. And it's exactly the same. But, but the thing is, if you if you had to do, like, if you had a, an algorithm working out what products to show your customers that was based on the data from everyone's website, it's going to be wrong. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be as good as it can be. I, and I guess um, the other thing which came to mind whilst you were saying that was, you know, we've all been at conferences. I'm sure you've been asked this. I get asked this quite often is what day of the week should I send out my email marketing? And we all know if we stand on that stage and we say Wednesday, then potentially the whole industry starts sending on a Wednesday and then Wednesday becomes the worst day of the week to send on. So it's, you have, you have to base this stuff on your own data. And as you say, you have to have a certain volume before it's worth running those algorithms. Otherwise you just, you're just not going to get great data back. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I realize for the listeners of this podcast who are working for um, smaller, smaller firms, I mean, it's kind of a bummer to be honest, but um, it just kind of is the way things are. But I really like your point about um, the, the day of, of sending stuff. So I, so, so, so that, that draws upon um, the basis of game theory, right? And like, like I mean, I'm a student of game theory. I studied it at uni and whatnot. I find it absolutely fascinating and, and how you can apply game theory to um, 
competitive strategy in business. And I think you're you're absolutely right. Where if everybody says Wednesday is the best day, then it will be the best day until it's not. With copywriting, it's the same thing. Where like um, if if you go okay, let's use this phrase because you know this generalized model says we should use this phrase. But then all of your peers and competitors are using the exact same phrase and all of a sudden it becomes the absolute worst phrase. So the key is, is to have this constant flow of fresh, diverse content so that you don't sort of fall into this sort of um, Nash equilibrium quagmire of everybody sounding the exact same, but nobody stepping away from from that pack. Um, but I could go on for game theory for hours and hours and I won't because I don't want people to fall asleep while they're listening to this. <laughs> I don't know. I quite like a bit of game theory, but yes, we shall, we shall let the, leave the listener alone on the game theory front for the time being. I have probably one last question to ask you before we head towards the top tips round, which is um, to emoticon or not to emoticon, if there's any answer to that question at all. Uh, yeah. So that that's a great question. It's something that, that we've been asked a lot and we have a lot of data that we can run models on and and um, and proclaim definitive statements off the back of it. My definitive statement about using emoji and the like in subject lines specifically is this 50 percent of the time it works every time. Um, and that is the actual science. So here's the thing, like, like, like what people want um, is they want this simple rule set going, if I do X, the outcome will be Y, whether it's about using emojis, the length of a subject line, using the, you know, a, a percentage off discount versus not. They basically want going, if I use you know, um, variable X, Y, and Z, and I turn them all to yes, then my outcome will be positive. The thing is, when it comes to language, a rule set like that does not exist because there are so many factors beyond what the eye can see. There are so many like linguistic parameters um, which which affect how humans respond to it. You can't break it down just to a few sort of binary rule sets. So what this actually means in practice with regards to the question about emoji um, is they are they act as amplifiers to language. Right. So if you're, um, you know, sticking with the example of subject lines, if your subject line is good in the first place, then using an emoji will amplify that goodness. Um, but if your subject line sucks in the first place, then using an emoji will amplify that suckiness. And that's why half the time it'll work very well and half the time it won't work well. But e but um, to emoji or to enoji um, is a nonsensical question. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact lists, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more. Way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com.
Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. Fight fraud with intelligence. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, we've had the advice on emojis. Now it's time for the top tip section and I'm struggling to talk because I want to giggle. Um, So, (laughs) Parry, this section gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Parry, are you ready for the top tips? Yeah, sure. So you want, yeah, let's do it. Cool. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to say two here. Number one, I'm going to say uh, The Language Effect, why AI-powered copywriting is a marketer's new best friend, because I hear the um, author is super handsome and great at parties. <laughs> um, but let me give a, a second tip also. Now, this is probably a little bit off piece. See, I personally don't really read too many business books because I find a lot of them kind of say the same thing. Um, what I do um, enjoy reading are books that um, – that, that explain these these sort of high economic and philosophical concepts in real terms. And a book that I, that I recommend to everybody is Candide by Voltaire. Um, and it all surrounds the um, South American gold markets and earthquakes in Portugal um, many, many years ago. What it does is it sets out the underlying theory of scarcity because people often – confuse um, something being rare versus something being scarce. So something is rare. Let's say like anthrax. Anthrax is very rare, but it's not scarce because nobody wants it. Whereas let's say um, like um, the um, last like uh, Tickle Me Elmo at Christmas time. It's a dated example, but just, you know, I can't think of a better one. There's not many of them, but everybody wants them and therefore they're scarce. And for me, what Candy did is it really outlined the difference between rarity and scarcity using gold um, in South America in the 17th century as the allegory. So I'd really recommend reading that because it's just, first of all, it's a good book, but it sort of creates this deep understanding of this core economic concept that actually means a lot more than people give it credit for. What a great recommendation. I love a classic as well. Um, Okay, next up is the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I'm going to do it on the flip side. And I'm going to say one which I think is completely overhyped. Cool. um, And that is personalization. 
um, people have been going on for the last few years about we want to create this this uber personalized like journey from start to finish and everything is going to be personalized all the time for everybody um, and that actually is um, a load of BS. The only reason why we're talking about personalizing everything everywhere is because nearly every tech company on the planet, every marketing tech company is going, we can offer you personalization technology, therefore you should personalize. Here's the problem. What people are doing with personalization is they're trying to be uber relevant, but individual circumstances um, are absolutely impossible to predict on a daily basis. Okay, now for the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, so I'm going to give a crazy answer here. The tool we use is uh, email within our company. Um, and a lot of people go, oh, you got to use Slack. You got to use all this live chat stuff. And that's good in the time and place. But the great thing about email is it's asynchronous. It's not interruption based. And it gives you time to think deeply about a problem, synthesize those thoughts into a structured um, piece of, of, of prose, which then you can send out. People can read it at their convenience. And then you can hold a video chat, a Slack chat, whatever you want to then discuss that piece. Um, when you're purely focused on interruption-based tools like Slack or Microsoft Teams or what have you, it never gives you a chance to think about stuff. And people need to slow down and think more these days. It does sometimes turn into that rush to see who can answer first and who can get their point across first, I find. Like with, with collaborative Google Docs and that kind of thing, it, everyone kind of piles on. So I totally get where you're coming from. Um, okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, honestly, I think if I was a small e-commerce company and I was trying to get more sales, I would really, really nail... Um, email marketing. I'm not talking about doing all this crazy personalization stuff and this, that, and the other. Just do a few campaigns a week. Do them really, really well with kick-ass offers, kick-ass copywriting. Because um, you're going to get you know, more orders from your existing base. You're going to get your existing base to then talk to their friends, to their family, to post about you on social media and stuff. Um, and it's the simplest, lowest cost method that is not beholden to third-party monopolies. Lots of excellent answers there, Parry. Now, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you, your book and everything else on the web and social media, please? Most F. So real quick, uh, for those of you who don't know Frazy, Frazy is AI powered copywriting. So instead of um, wishing that uh, you could write the best subject line ever, the best Facebook ad ever, you don't need to worry about that stuff anymore because there's an AI, Frazy's AI, that does it better than any human on the planet. You can find Frazy at www.frazy.co. That's phrase with an extra E. Um, me personally, Perry Malm, spelled funny, uh, P-A-R-Y-M-A-L-M. You can find me on LinkedIn. Bizarrely, there's only one Perry Malm in the world. Twitter is at Perry Malm. And you don't want to follow me on Instagram. I just post a bunch of stupid memes and stuff. Um, and the book itself is The Language Effect. And you can go to thelanguageeffect.com. You can download the first three chapters for absolutely free. Um, and, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. It was, there's a lot of, uh, blood, toil, tears, and sweats that went into the writing of it, um, that went into 
all of the stories and experiences that, that me and my coworkers here at Frazy had to synthesize an excellent piece of content. So I would encourage, encourage you to read it um, and think about it and uh, let me know your thoughts. Excellent. Thank you, Parry. And thanks for being such a, a great guest on the show. It's been really cool talking about so many interesting things with you. So, um, so thank you. Nice one. Cheers. Great to catch up with Parry and explore kind of a different take in some ways, a different way of looking at email marketing, a different bit to focus on. I hope you've got some ideas there. Take a look at some of the stuff that um, Frazy are doing. Signing up to their email newsletter is well worth doing because they have they share some awesome content. And if you want to get your hands on The Language Effect, as well as getting those first three chapters free from thelanguageeffect.com, you can also get the ebook and paperback from Amazon. Right then, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, everything that Parry and I were discussing, plus those top tips and links to what we mentioned, along with those book links, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And there's plenty of them that go out in the email list every week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. If you've liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 171. Yeah, we're going back a bit there, but 171, where I share 14 tips that you can use to make your newsletters much more powerful. There's some awesome stuff in there. 14 pieces of awesome stuff. In fact, that's episode 171 of the e-commerce master plan podcast. And... If improving email marketing is on your to-do list at the moment, then you should also check out or get your marketing team to check out my brand new podcast. It's called Keep Optimising and it's available for free on all podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just like this podcast. And because you should be checking that out, because on it, we are opening with five episodes all about improving your email marketing. I'm joined by five brilliant email specialists who share all kinds of different tips and tricks you can use to improve your the performance of your email marketing. So go on, check out the Keep Optimising podcast right now because it's live right now. But I should warn you, Parry was quite against personalisation there and some of my experts are sharing personalisation advice on those five episodes. So, you know, you're going to have to make up your own mind on that one. Back on this show, back here on e-commerce master plan, I do like to bring you a new interview every week. And the reason I do that is because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know about this show because I'd love to help them too. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.